And hello and welcome everyone to another installment of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. We're back again, Matt. We're here. It's Sunday night. All of our friends are here. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. Uh, we're on uh, Vimeo. Uh, we're on Flip. Uh, we're on uh, Newgrounds. Uh, we're on the dark web, probably. Uh, we're yeah. on uh, Black we're on, Twitter, probably. Yeah, we're on MySpace. We're on mm -hmm. all them, all them places. Friendster, you can download us on Napster and LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only podcast that is shot and then sent all throughout time. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works. Uh, how you been, Matt? How have been things? Eh, not too bad, not too bad. Been playing a bunch of video games. Been, I played I uh, Ratchet and Clank all through the street, all through uh, live stream and finished the game yesterday, day before. Yeah, that's uh, impressive. Yeah, no, it was, it was a really great game. It was it so looked fun. Great. Yeah, it lo saying, looks fantastic. Oh yeah, everyone's saying it's one of the first games that truly, truly justifies uh, all the next gen stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, it like it's amazing what they were able to do with that with the sixty FPS and the ray tracing and and then making it all just like come together and not a buggy mess. I don't think I encountered any no. bugs. I had my system crash once on stream, which is fun. Ah, that's a shame. <laughs> Man, yeah, just Insomniac been killing it all over the place with that, with Miles Morales. What are what are they gonna do next? That's the insane thing. They these guys made this while like making like Spider Man and Miles Morales and everything, and those games are top quality as well. Like none of them like suffered. Jesus, everybody, get on freaking Insomniac level, <laughs> why don't you? Yeah, seems to be the main takeaway from this. Uh, yeah, my week has been pretty solid, too. Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, oh, I uh, started that uh, Netflix show narrated by Patton Oswalt about the penguins. That's fun. Okay, I didn't know anything about that. Yes, it's about uh, the migration of the African penguins in a small town in South Africa, where every November they come, and they just take over the town, and they bone, <laughs> and it's just pure chaos. <laughs> that sounds great. It is. It's very fun. And of course, they do that thing that certain Disney documentaries do where they'll like give, uh, what is it, all the little penguin families names and characters and everything. So that's mm -hmm. fun. Oh, that's cool. That's what I've been doing. Uh, obviously, I watched the new Loki from this week. Yes, that was great. That was, yeah. Man, uh, again, I really appreciate how all these Marvel shows are striving to be different. This one is not afraid to be conversational. No, no, it's not. I, I like that a large chunk of it is conversational. And it kind of makes sense as well, because, like, Loki's whole deal is manipulating people. Mm. And what best way to do that is, like, social engineering. Yep, loves to hear himself talk. A fact of which that Mobius even brings up. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. also loves to hear himself talk. Tries to screw him over right away in their first outing. And I'm like, yeah, that all tracks. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, also watched uh, Batman The Long Halloween Part 1. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. haven't had time yet. It is interesting. I'll be very compelled to hear what you have to say about it, because as far as adaptation goes, I think they nail a couple of the key scenes, but I miss a lot of the stuff they ended up having to cut out, even making it two parts. They, they don't, uh, what is it, Re, uh, remake the story like, like, like they did with Hush or anything? Like, suddenly no. Riddle is the fucking villain or something? 
No, I'm happy to say so far it looks like they're actually sticking much closer to the storyline from the comic, thank God, because Long Halloween is one of the best mystery stories yeah. in all of comics. Yeah. They do have to create a couple action scenes out of whole cloth because it's like, oh, fuck, this comic is, again, pretty conversational and pretty cerebral <laughs> and pretty mystery-ish. And if we don't have an action scene here, the whole movie's just going to be Batman standing on rooftops talking to people. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the actual stuff with Calendar Man, they nail. It's basically just that scene, word for word, and the guy they got playing Calendar Man is really, really good. Oh, nice. That's pretty good. Uh, it's funny. One of the more interesting things the movie does is actually try to do a little bit of colorblind casting, because if you go back and read the original Long Halloween, huh, a lot of white people going on here. So they're like, okay, what if, what if the Irish gangsters can be Chinese gangsters now? Okay, that doesn't <laughs> change much, sure. And uh, what if Renee Montoya can be here too? And what if Jim Gordon has a friend who is a black cop? Okay, sure, we'll do that then. Why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? So, uh, yeah, overall, pretty decent. They make some weird musical choices, though, mainly that many scenes don't have music. Okay. Yeah, it's like they couldn't decide on what score the movie should have, so they just decided in many scenes for there to be no score. Uh, okay, yeah, save on the budget. I guess, and I'm thinking, I'm like, did I, did I grab, like, an incomplete version of this movie? Or <laughs> yeah, you got the work it? print. <laughs> yeah, is this a work, I literally thought, is this a work print? Are they going to have to, like, you know, patch the sound in later? <laughs> that comes in, yeah, the next patch. So weird. It's going to be crazy, too, uh, for people to see this movie and realize, oh, wow, Nolan stole a lot from Long Halloween for Batman Begins and Dark Knight especially. Yeah, yeah. That big scene with the money, it's from there. Gordon, Harvey, and all of them working together in the mm -hmm. early days to clean up Gotham. That's yeah. from there, too. Yeah. So much from there. <laughs> uh, again, he said it wasn't a reference, but who was the commissioner in that movie? Commissioner Loeb, who Loeb. wrote The Long Halloween, Jeff Loeb. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, I refuse to believe that that wasn't a reference. Oh, that absolutely was. Again, Nolan was weird about that back in the day. Like, no, I took no reference from this, really, because it seems like you did. Yeah. Oh, everything he did was referenced to something in the comics. Yeah, so there you go. But yeah, that's the kind of week I've been having. Uh, what about you, Matt? Anything else? Uh, no, I've just been playing some video games, reading me comics. Right on. I, uh, I got a good deal. And again, I know I shouldn't do this because I haven't finished any games in a long time. But uh, Shadow Warrior 1 and 2 were like 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. on the playstation store so i picked up those nice i'm making my way through shadow warrior one now because sometimes it's just fun to shoot something yeah yeah that, and that's all that game is just shoot something for a couple of hours i i yeah. am exactly the same every now and then i'm like i just want to shoot something i don't want the, the fuck story and character yeah. progression i just want to shoot something <laughs> and that game has all of that going for it again still making my way through mass effect one mm -hmm. uh in fact hey everyone if you want to see my let's play uh episode one of that the first 30 minutes or so will be dropping monday morning and i have like five banks so get ready for that nice i've been doing that with my ratchet and clank thing i do the stream and then i'll cut it up into parts so i've got like the whole game now so i'm just going through and cutting it into parts smart 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 uh yeah uh this week too this is a rare and interesting week where i only had five new books which means i got to read everything that was on my new list and actually dip back into my backlog yeah i i kind of powered through a lot of my backlog comics this week as well 
So, hey, if you've been dying for me to catch up on The Last Wolverine before the new one comes out this week and catch up on Captain America before that comes to an end in July, don't worry, because those are the two I was actually able to get to. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, I guess with that, everyone, uh, we can hop into the news from this week. Not a lot going on, but some interesting stories all the same. Yeah. Uh, we got a little bit more insight to start things off on Marvel Dark Ages, which is Tom Taylor's big series that he's going to be writing for Marvel now that's got everyone very excited because obviously, you know, most of Tom Taylor's other big work, you know, outside like Laura Kinney Wolverine has been DC stuff, but they're giving him a whole big side event. Yeah, and it's about time this, this decided to actually come out. Yeah, like like, when was this teased? Like, it was teased ages ago. Uh, Pre-corona, so probably yeah. like two years ago now. Yeah. So it's been a long time. Uh, we got to see some cool poster works of all the different characters. And basically, the tagline for this is like, what happens when the superheroes lose? And where were you when the lights went out? Yeah, your class classic, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, your classic um, event sort of teaser. I thought you were going to say classic Tom Taylor, end of the world, everything is Oh, locked. yeah, that too. Yeah, he's, you know, he ended the DC universe. He's going to end the Marvel universe next. You gotta wonder if, you know, the elevator pitch for this was someone saying, look, can you injustice but for Marvel? <laughs> Probably ex exactly. It's like, can you do what you did with uh, Dead Earth and uh, and uh, Deceased and, and Injustice with Marvel characters now? Uh, can you pay me for it? Sure. Okay, then I will give it a shot. <laughs> I'll give it i'll give it the old college try <laughs> and uh yeah it looks cool and i mean taylor has a you know resume of quality and everything behind him so i'm definitely interested to see what happens when he gets to play with the entire marvel toy box absolutely yeah yeah and uh it, it, it isn't in the main continuity so i imagine he's gonna have a lot more freedom to again kill who he wants elevate who he wants oh absolutely He's gonna he's gonna go go ham and just like kill everyone off. Here's here's my question: Who's gonna get the uh, Green Arrow Black Canary treatment and be like, oh, they're actually way more important and way more relevant in the Taylor verse? Probably uh, Wolverine X twenty three. That that'd be worth it just to see him elevate that character and get to work with him again. Obviously, Spider Man is front and center on the cover. We got Black Panther, the Hulk, Iron Man, mm -hmm. a pretty different looking version of Iron Man too. The armor looks all crazy. They all look pretty different. The Spider Man costume is different as well. It's like a mixture of his uh oh what's that one oh fuck it's the one where he wore like the jeans and like the red like oh uh, yes tabard sort of shirt oh what story is that from? yes yes i know the one you're talking yeah. about yeah it looks which, like again, that. which again i guess that helps to place it in its own universe and that is like look you know these are the characters you know and love but with a little different spin on them yeah so yeah there's marvel dark ages for everyone it actually seems like it's coming sooner rather than later now pretty sure it's coming yeah about september ish yeah, a lot of the stories we're going to be talking about now are actually dropping in September. So, you know, mm -hmm. something to look forward to after the big summer event season. Mm -hmm. uh, now, from there, we actually got a little bit of sad news here. This is about a new series, but a cancellation. Uh, it was announced kind of out of the blue and only after I caught up, which really, you know, was a kick in the nads. But Gene Lu and Yang's Batman Superman book is actually coming to an end as of issue 22. Fuck. Yeah, which is really fucking weird because the current story actually finishes in issue 21. 
I know, right? So we <laughs> literally get the start of a new story, which looks to be based around Mr. Mixelplek and uh, the Calendar Man. Again, interesting, as we just mentioned, uh, long Halloween, and so they're, they're killing this one. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think it'll stay dead for long. I think they're probably killing it because it's going to start up again, uh, and I kind of guarantee it'll probably start up again with the John Kent Superman and the oh, Tim Fox Batman. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. We theorized this before. Both those have books coming out very soon. That's right. I didn't even think about that. You can't have a Batman Superman book because Batman and Superman might very well be different in the next yep. little bit. Yep. Huh. I mean, it could be worse though. I wonder if Gene Luen Yang is gonna get kept around as writer because man, this arc he's doing right now with the archive of worlds and everything is just so fresh and so creative. It's so fucking cool, isn't it? It's the best. It's literally the best. The man cracked the code and figured out how to do golden age serial superheroes in the year 2021 and have it make sense. Yeah, yeah. So it would be a real shame to lose him after what is essentially only one arc, even if it is an amazing arc. Yeah, it's a long arc as well. Very, yeah. I was like, I read issue 18 uh, again just this week, and I'm like, oh, wow, this story actually keeps going for another issue. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, sad to see this one go, but I guess it also frees Gene Lu and Yang up to do something else, anything else. Maybe a sequel to Superman Smashes the Clan. That would be fun, too. Again, there's any number of places I would absolutely love to see him go. Maybe uh, maybe he's going to do something with uh, the Monkey Prince. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, oh, didn't they, didn't they tease that at the end of that uh, uh, Festival of Heroes, Superheroes? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they want to see what he's got going on with that one. But, uh, yeah, again, if you haven't been reading this Gene Lu and Yang series, you, you are missing out. And now yeah. that it's going to end up being a short run, you have no excuse to not go back and finish it. Yeah, exactly. I was saying to myself, too, you know what this deserved, but it wouldn't have mattered anyway because they were shaking up the Batman-Superman status quo? normally whenever they go back to like number one it's usually to like you know pop sales and everything this gene lu and yang run really should have been like a back to issue number one so hopefully more people would pick it up yeah well again it kind of felt like this maybe even proves it that it was kind of like a stop gap for dc at the moment yeah where it's just like oh we'll just continue we'll just continue on on from like joshua williamson's mm -hmm. time on the book new writer until we move on to like True. john kent superman and tim fox batman yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, that because of that, too, maybe they were more willing to let Gene Lun Yang just write whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah, and maybe as well because it gets to uh, 22 issues, that's, you know, technically two volumes they can put out and trade. Yeah, yeah you might be onto something there. Uh, now, in a similar vein of another uh, book coming to an end, not forever, but just a run ending admittedly a lot sooner than i think a lot of us considered nick spencer's spider-man was announced this week to actually be coming to an end in september with issue 74 i do believe it is yeah that's crazy it is i really assumed he was going for 100 but then again if we count all the extra little side issues and extra length issues he's probably already done 100 <laughs> as well as as well this could be like the, like a tom king situation where, yeah. where he was meant to do 100 issues of Batman, but then people started getting, you know, finding it a bit tedious with the way he'd spend, like, yeah. 40 issues to tell one story and everything. And be like, okay, we're just going to cut your run short and just, you the, know, do what you've got now. I, I sure hope it's not that, because, again, I've been championing the series, but admittedly the timing is a little suspect, where it's yeah. like, okay, 
you're taking Ed Bresson on now as a co-writer. Okay, you're actually done at 74, but wait, he's already on 67, and there's an issue coming out this week, and they've been coming out closer together. Fuck me, he's going to be done in September before we know it. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I've I've really enjoyed like his work on the book, but yeah, as I said, it's really tedious. Like he's he's using. 30 odd issues to tell a simple story and like yeah. there's like no like he's leaving all the fat on the issue basically yeah i i was never bored even at sometimes mm-hmm. if i was a little tired where it's like yeah. okay i like i, I want to see where you're going but can you hurry it up a little bit yeah yeah as as jane in the chat says but superior foes though exactly that was the carrot <laughs> and the stick that kept me going but yo superior foes is great yeah and he he definitely threw a lot of that into that book <laughs> sure did if you wanted a sequel you gotta read this uh if nothing else judging by this cover for issue 74 it looks like spencer is going to be leaving it in a pretty happy place because it's spider-man and mj back together do you think he's going to finally reinstall the marriage, which certainly seems to be something that they've been, you know, teasing either literally with everything going on with Kindred and Mephisto or figuratively because Spider-Man was planning to propose anyway to Mary Jane before she had to leave and do all the movie stuff. Yeah, they probably, they probably will. Like, like I, I was thinking back because when I saw this cover, I thought the exact same thing. And I was thinking, yeah, every like run, uh, like from uh, Dan Slott's run to all that have ended with like, something like big and like happy and everything yes so yeah i imagine that's gonna happen yeah you're right there is something kind of interesting about spider-man that most writers usually try and leave him in a happy place you're mm-hmm. right huh? mm-hmm. and uh, i guess then of course the big question becomes who's gonna take the book next because uh, i mean when nick spencer came on the book that was like a big deal because you know he reinvigorated ant-man he made captain america must read he had huge cult hits like uh what is it superior foes he seemed like the perfect uh person to take amazing spider-man who's who's the person who you think has got to take it now who do you think they got their eyes on probably ed Bresson. ed Bre- really see again and then we talked about this last week you know Bresson. Preston's worker is hit or miss with me again. I liked Extermination, but none of his other books got me interested enough to like keep reading there, which I know everyone's saying like, oh, really, Joel, a Canadian might write Spider-Man? And you're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, see, I could see him writing it because he's like coming on as like the, the co-writer at the moment, and it, that could be like a transitional thing. Right. Where he's like, I'll stay on with the last couple of issues so I know what to do with my run when I start. I mean, Bresson is a workhorse, no doubt about it, but I don't know if he's, like, a celebrity writer. Like, usually they like to have a celebrity writer on Spider-Man. Not always, but sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Again, it could be, like, if it is him, it could be a thing where it's like, oh, we'll have him on the book because he'll do anything. Yeah, true enough. Uh, I pitched the idea on Twitter, obviously, because, uh, what is it, uh, Marvel had made some big... Uh, swings recently in acquiring some old DC artists. I think you know the ones I'm talking about. Wouldn't it be interesting if uh, they reunited the old Superman or the old Action Comics team and got Tomasi on this one? Tomasi and Gleason back together on Spider-Man. That'd be pretty cool. What's Tomasi doing at the moment? Nothing at all, which makes me think that maybe there's a chance for it. He finished up his digital Super Sons revival that ended up being a lot shorter than, unfortunately, many of us wanted. So I'm thinking, like, maybe, and if the rumors are true and DC isn't doing, like, exclusivity contracts anymore, they could very easily swoop on in and get him. I could see that, yeah. 
And again, you know, Tomasi, maybe not a like triple A name, but a workhorse people like and maybe something to get more eyes on the book who didn't have it before. Yeah, yeah. That would be something. I know the chat is saying someone like Zatar Zadarsky. Yeah, I, I guess that would be an obvious pick as well. But then I'm reminded that Zadarsky had a Spider-Man run not that long ago. It was a different book, but he had it. Yeah, yeah. In fact, hey, all the stuff with bringing Teresa, the sister, back, that was Zadarsky's idea, not Spencer, everybody. Mm -hmm. People are forgetting that now. And all the people who don't like Teresa are like, oh, why didn't Nick Spencer bring uh, her back? He didn't. <laughs> Zadarsky did. Yeah, and they'll, they'll immediately say it's good then. Yeah. Matt Fraction, who, again, Fraction is working at DC at the moment right now, but that's, again, not to say, you know, exclusivity contracts. He probably could. I sincerely doubt Hickman is going to write Spider-Man <laughs> no. doing no. everything at X-Men. Yeah, not while he's doing X-Men. <laughs> Similarly, as much as I love Ewing and Hickman, or uh, sorry, uh, Ewing and Cates, I think they all have too much work on their play right now to take Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I tell you what, it won't happen just because I think he's he's too busy with other stuff. And although it's no, not really an exclusive thing, but Jeff Johns. Mm, that would be a freaking steal out of the blue coming yeah. soon jeff johns on spider be his first time writing a marvel for a long 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 time yeah i will tell you right now the world would not be ready comic book twitter would lose <laughs> their collective mind if that happened that'd be great <laughs> shit would be nuts you know what else would be equally nuts too out of the blue who is that bald bearded stranger in the corner it's me everyone it's dan slot i'm back again <laughs> put bendis back on the book oh yeah he, he, just out of the blue just like wait but didn't he leave yeah but he came back <laughs> we gave him spider-man and everything alpha's coming back guys oh god alpha's back everyone <laughs> <laughs> well i joked about that too saying hey zeb wells there's a guy who wrote spider-man under other people for a long time and is really funny mm -hmm. and hellions is good he'd be an interesting you know kind of left field uh yeah. guy to write it yeah that I think would make a lot of people happy, and people would be like, oh, yeah, Seb Wells, good for him. Again, I don't know if they'd give him a AAA book, but still. Yeah, but so so this book ends in September. Yeah, so we'll be expecting to get a new book just by the time uh, the new movie comes out. Exactly. Yeah, Which again makes got that new number one. Yeah, exactly. I gotta get a new number one in there for the new movie. That's That's the rules. I gotta, I gotta enforce the rules. Uh, the chat said Kelly Thompson. Yeah, that would be interesting too. I don't think Spider-Man has ever had like a female writer writing the main series, and no. because Detective Comics just got Mariko Tamaki this year, it would be interesting to see Marvel uh, follow suit. Yeah, that, yeah, that actually be really cool. Hey, what's G Willow Wilson doing these days? She wrote probably the best Peter Parker stories of the last two decades. They were just Kamala Khan stories. <laughs> Actually, oh shit, that's a piece of news I didn't even put on here, but uh, Miss Marvel is actually getting a new writer. Or did I put that on the list? I can't remember. Yes, yeah, I did, actually. That's did. the next story. Let's go there, then. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Miss Marvel's getting a new writer, actually, just in time for her TV show. The book's laid dormant for a little bit, but it's coming back. Yeah. And uh, the new writer on this book is uh, Samara Amid, to which a lot of people like saying, wait, didn't Amid write the book? No, that was solid in Amid. This is Samara <laughs> Amid. Completely different. They just have the same last name. <laughs> it's a very common name. It's like Smith. <laughs> uh, what's interesting, too, is I, I read the little like snippet interview they had with her. Because, you know, my big question was like, all right, what direction is this book going to go in? Because obviously Solid in a mid 
did way more like, you know, superhero stuff, more like traditional Marvel mm-hmm. comics where I feel like Miss Marvel under Wilson was different, more slice of life. This new writer, uh, Amid, has basically said, oh yeah, we're going right back to slice of life now is what we're doing. There'll be superhero stuff, but we're going right back to the slice of life stuff that people seem to like more. Yeah, that, I was going to say that stuff seems to like really work well for Miss Marvel and that's what the people really like about her because you can't get it in any other book at marvel that's yeah. why which is insane to think yeah you think like they'd have marvel. like a bunch of different books like here's the x-men slice of life here's miss marvel here's spider-man here's iron man it's like slice of life stories and world outside your window is literally what built the company yeah yeah and it's funny that they forget about that sometimes where it's like yeah guys that's why miss marvel was so popular because she didn't have a rogues gallery she didn't have you know like frequent villain fights she had regular human problems yeah the stories were uh really self-contained you can just like pick up the book wherever you want also that too yeah you're absolutely right under uh, g willow wilson they were all very short like one and done maybe two and done stories Mm -hmm. when a when a mid took over the first amid not the new amid this is going to be really confusing moving (laughs) forward the story's got a lot longer and a lot more stretched out. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. And also, too, you can probably figure, you know, whatever, you know, kind of feel and vibe that this book is getting is the feel and vibe we're probably going to get for the show. Yeah, which is probably Slice of Life. Probably, too, with a little bit of superhero stuff thrown in there, as it should be, and as it can be, because all the Marvel shows seem to be greatly different. Yep. Also, thank you, uh, Saul Serino. We love that you love the show, too. <laughs> also, hey, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there as we record this on Sunday. That also just hit me now. Yeah, all the ones that know their fathers and all the ones that don't know yet. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're either one or the other. There's no in-between. Uh, and with that, everyone, uh, we got another story. About, uh, about another kid who could probably use some father and actually another teen hero. And that teen hero is Toxin, who is slated for Extreme Carnage. Obviously, we talked about this before when we talked about Extreme Carnage. And that is like, oh, we got all the different symbiotes here accounted for. Wait, who's in the Toxin costume? Because Eddie was Toxin and like other people were Toxin. Who the, who the fuck's in that suit? New character. New character. New kid. New kid for Dylan to fight. Basically, yeah, that seems to be the thing where it's like, okay, so Dylan is going to be Earth Venom now, and Earth Venom needs a antagonist, so there you go. I think this kid's name is Brennan, or Brendan, and how much money you bet Toxin goes to school with Dylan. Oh, yeah, he's going to be his, like, uh, like uh, in Venom 200, uh, he got beaten up by that kid. Yes. Yeah. Kenny McFarlane, who may or may not actually be a reference to Kenny Kong from the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Also, thank you, Tevia, for that. So there you go, man. They're they're really getting getting all in on Extreme Carnage as your one stop shop for everything <laughs> symbiote. <laughs> and to their credit, again, we'll talk about it more when we uh, talk about Venom number two hundred. But they set up an interesting status quo, didn't they? They did. They a really cool status quo. I kind of knew it was going there, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. In fact, uh, in this little uh, image that you got up here, we can actually see Toxin fighting members of the Guardsmen, who seem to be like the anti-symbiote uh, militia forces on Earth. Yeah, hunting aliens and shit. Yeah, you know, like the Men in Black, but shitty. Yeah. The Men in Black with more implied xenophobia. <laughs> <laughs> also, thank you, Tevia, for hosting as well. So, yeah, get get ready for your Toxin and your Carnage and your Phage and your Lasher and your sleeper <laughs> and, all, and, and all the other ones we've forgotten uh, 
Because you're, you're going to get it. You're going to be covered in goo. So much symbiote goo coming at you soon. <laughs> get get ready for it, everybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, and moving on from there, we got one last story about a new book that's going to be starting soon. Kazar, Lord of the Savage Lands by Zach Thompson. Uh, this is interesting because I know when we talked about X-Corp and we talked about the Savage Land, because obviously that was featured quite prominently in all these X-Men books because that's where they were growing their flowers and everything to make their drugs. I thought I thought to myself, hey, where's Kazar? Then I was reminded, wait, Kazar died in Empire, but apparently now he's coming back to life. He died in Empire, but he, yeah. He, he, did he actually die though i can't remember i don't know the pitch i read for this says is that they're giving kazar the immortal hulk treatment i'm like why just because he came back to life yeah yeah this kind of feels like um for uh this kind of feels like it was meant to come out earlier because uh dc was doing like that when they were doing uh originally doing generations before it became those two special issues uh commandy was like the main mm-hmm. character of right. that and this feels like oh well we've got you know our commandy here as well yeah, we, we got a tarzan guy we got one of them yeah he's, he's friends with a tiger too yeah his wife talks to animals yeah really also too i'm sure this is them priming like hey everyone kazar tv show kazar movie appearance uh, you, yeah, i you don't know like i don't tiger? know about a tv or a movie appearance though <laughs> oh come on you don't think kazar wouldn't be a funny sidekick for something <laughs> Also, thank you, Deviant Porn. Imagine in the next, like, Thor movie, they go to the Savage Lands and there's Kazar just running around being Tarzan and he becomes their he's new friend. the funniest character we've had. Exactly. You see, see, see Kazar, he's a funnier character than before. If Kazar works, then the whole movie works. <laughs> Whenever he's not on screen, everyone needs to be asking, where's Kazar? Where is Kazar? Come on, shoot Kazar into space. He can be a Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> The funny thing is, is that that's probably some shit they would have done before Guardians became a big deal. Now they're like, no, no, yeah. no, we must respect the integrity of the Guardians brand. Where before it's like, put fucking whoever on, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all bullshit anyway. Iron Man can be a Guardian, everyone can be a Guardian, it's all stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and again, Kazar is one of those characters I love mainly because he is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goddamn, uh, what is it, Jack Perry? He's fucking Jungle Boy. It's literally <laughs> what he is. Uh, man. So there you go, everyone. There's your news for this week. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, again, if there's any stories you want to hear us cover in coming weeks, I guess tell us on social media. Make my job a little easier. Why not? Uh, I suppose with that, we can hop on over to what we read this week. And like I said, I only had five books this week, but I was able to actually read all of them, which is, you know, good because it's been a couple months since I've been able to do that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Where would you like to start, Matt? Uh, Well, we had the first milestone issue uh, with Static Season 1. We did. Season 1, Issue 1. I I like that they're actually going with the seasoning uh, now, instead of just, like, volumes. Again, they're actually mm-hmm. kind of treating it like TV. I wonder if that'll, you know, make a big splash and get people more interested and, you know, be able to read easier. I hope so. Though, admittedly, calling it Season 1, Issue 1 is a lie because there's two prologues before this you needed to actually read. <laughs> good, good going, comics. You fucked it up. Now, that being said, those two prologue issues are apparently free on the DC app, so they you are. can actually check them out but still that's a hell of a thing if you don't know anything and be like oh boy my first static comic in years i can finally pick up and know what's going i have no idea what's going on because they threw me right in and that's the thing it's like uh 
it's a yes yeah, a continuation of that that milestone returns thing and it's also sort of a uh a re retool of 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 uh virgil's origins yes absolutely which again it's they're retelling it for the second time and all the people who got pissy the first time around that they changed you know the alva gas bombing from uh what is it a inner city gang rumble to a uh student black lives matter protest all got pissy again mm -hmm. because they just heard about it again for the yeah. first time yeah so i'm fi i'm fine with that is you know it updates the story uh makes it a bit more relevant I said it in my video, and I think it makes perfect sense to me. It doesn't matter whether you are a gangbanger at a rumble, a student activist, or anyone in between. If you are a black person in America, you are never far from uh, police in corporate America trying to fuck you over, no. apparently. No, no. And, um, you know, the one thing I really liked about this is that, like in the in the old static, uh, you know, cartoon and, and issues and stuff, he just, he's like kind of like, happy he's got the powers and everything yeah. he's kind of like wisecracking everything here he's just yeah, like he, a miserable sack of shit <laughs> yeah because he knows it just made his life so much worse and yeah. so much harder now because of it and yeah i guess that is the difference between saturday morning cartoons and real life where it's like my life is hard enough to live just as it is now throw this extra stuff on top of me and, and you really feel like Virgil's struggle at the family dinner table while mm -hmm. everyone is talking about his problem around him and over yeah. him and no one is asking him directly. Yeah, I like that how you get to see like what it was like before the, the gas bombing mm -hmm. and then you see what it's like afterwards and how different it is. Yeah, crazy. Uh, it's funny too, uh, his mother is actually alive in his character in this comic, much like in the original, but not in the show. Yep. So I thought that was fun where it's like, oh, his mother, Jean, actually gets to stick around and be a character this time. And they all know. They all know his secret this time. Yeah. And the, and yeah, his dad, like, uh, was seemingly training him at one point with, like, his martial yeah. arts and everything. But he stopped. His uh, his father also looks exactly like Dwayne McDuffie now, which I thought is a nice little tribute. Yeah, yeah. That he just became. I'm sure if Dwayne McDuffie was alive, I'm sure he would, like, enjoy that fact. Yeah. As the chat is mentioning too, yeah, we got to see Richie and Frida, who look even more like their cartoon con uh, counterparts yep. than they have before. Yep. Also, the fact that Richie is a prominent character from the beginning, where he was not in the comic, mm. that was an invention of the show. Yeah. So they're already like, look, we know you are probably all going to be asking for Richie, so here's some Richie for you from well, the jump. Well, I think as well, I think they know like a majority of their audiences are familiar with the co with the cartoon, not the comic because yeah. yeah, for yeah, so yeah. long as well like those comics were so hard to get yeah oh yeah only recently did they come back into print so yeah it's the cartoon that was helping keep milestone and static alive which is uh quite impressive uh they already started doing some fun stuff with connective tissue because they mentioned that you know the big bang gas came from alva industries which is the big evil corporation that mm -hmm. uh dr metclaff aka hardware works for and we see that virgil actually already knows dr metclaff yeah yeah he was working for him in the what was it inventors of tomorrow intern yeah. thing or something which is fun too to be like no virgil's a super smart kid he actually got this prestigious internship yeah yeah and he, that and that's where he sort of like learned how to use some of his powers and learned how he can yeah. contain fire and stuff like that yeah, the uh, the art in this is absolutely kick ass. Too. It is. Again, I again, who is the artist on this one? I had it on the tip of my tongue. And uh, then Chris I lost. Cross. Uh, no, he did the layout. Someone got me in trouble for that one. There, he did the layouts, but someone else actually did the art. When it was okay. uh, Nicholas Draper. Okay. 
Nicholas Draper who did it. And it's funny. I was sitting there looking at it and being like, man, there's a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender in here with everyone mm. swaying and moving. A lot of anime stuff, the... yeah. Yeah, a lot of particle effects. Man, this comic doesn't look like anything else on the shelf right now. This is amazing. I wonder if it's intentional. And then I went, uh, what is it, read his Twitter page there. And like literally it was a whole thread of him being like, oh yeah, Virgil and uh, Sharon totally watched Avatar The Last Airbender growing <laughs> up. No, no joke about it. And Virgil got way too excited and was doing all the stances and everything. And I'm like, ah, good, good. That's good. That's cool. That that also means this guy is literally our age too, who's drawing this. And this is his <laughs> frame of reference. And I'm like, ah, and all is right in the universe now, and the past and the future come together to create something new and fresh. <laughs> and new and fresh is really the takeaway from this, where it's like they probably could have gotten away with just doing the old comics or just doing an updating of the cartoon, but it really feels like they want to do something different here. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. It's, I, as I said, it's like a lot darker yes yeah a lot darker than the comic before it and the cartoon definitely like the fact that a hot streak comes to his house to Mm -hmm. pick a fight with them like an issue one yeah and burns down his house yeah i'm like oh fuck they're not pulling any punches on this one are they they're just like nope all gas no brakes yeah also is there like a slight illusion as well to like uh because like hot streak he's like kind of a racist a little bit uh, is there like some sort of allusion there to like like burning crosses on on ooh, black families ooh. lawns and everything? Ooh, I didn't think about that, but now that you mentioned, it's funny. Yeah, Francis Stone is such a weird character because like he was an inner city gangbanger too. Yeah, who spoke with like a faux street like Eminem affect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it was also heavily implied that the reason he picked on virgil and not anyone else is because he was black and he felt he could get away with it yeah yeah and then even in later milestone stories what is it uh he would become an enforcer for like a kkk style group yep but then but then like he kind of backed out of it at the end where it's like whoa 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 i'm not like that like whoa i, I hate virgil <laughs> but i'm not like white sheet racist <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if in the new version, if they would just come out and say and be like, no, Francis Stone is actually racist in this version. <laughs> yeah, well, he kind of seems like it because I do remember in that in that in that uh, the Milestone Returns thing, he's like picking on him because he was at like the protest and yeah, and everything, yeah. and yeah. Which of course is funny because that means he ended up going to the protest anyway, and he ended up getting powers and dealt with. <laughs> See, that's what's going to be interesting too, because then that begs the question: How many people were at this student rally and everything? What were their reasons for being there? That means you would have, you know, protesters for social rights and everything on one side, and probably anti-protesters on the other side it, who are like, "No, racism is good." <laughs> it sounds like a uh, like like that sounds like um how you plot out like a TV show. Like, like that's the inciting incident it's kind of like like they've done on like flash before where they're like yeah, oh there was yeah. like the flash wave who are all these people with powers and we'll that's over the season we'll see who got the powers and stuff that's literally what i thought of too when they did like the collider explosion in flash i'm like oh so it's the big bang is what you're saying yeah yeah well that's what that's what they call that uh the the incident here in this issue they call it the big bang and everyone yeah. who gets powers is called the bang babies which it always was i love they keep that where it's like wasn't that kind of cheesy and kind of 90s yeah. no no no, you got to keep that that's good 
it's good shit. You got to keep that one. Uh, what else was there that I really liked in this one? Oh, uh, again, too, the fact about that means that when we meet the Blood Syndicate, who they already set up in one of those other issues, they're going to have a very interesting take on all of this now, mm -hmm. aren't they? Because mm -hmm. everything that uh, Genocide, I know that's his name, was saying back in the day, like kind of rings and hits differently now. And you got to imagine it's going to hit Virgil differently, too, when he hears yep. it. Yep. I'm also really excited now for hardware and uh, Icon and Rocket, too, because I'm like, man, if Static is this different and they're taking this many chances with, you know, basically the golden boy that everyone loved, what chances are they going to take with this other one now? Yeah, yeah, they, they look like they're going to be very good. Very much so. So, uh, yeah, Static gets a thumbs up from us. We're definitely on board for these. Absolutely. The chat actually reminded me, too, and I feel really stupid that I didn't put this one down on our actual news briefing, so we got to circle back and talk to this. Uh so Harley Quinn season three, uh, there was an interview floating around there where they asked uh, a bunch of the showrunners a question that I actually asked them when I interviewed them. And that is like, hey, was there anything that you wanted to do that DC kiboshed? And when I interviewed them, they said, yeah, we wanted to make like, uh, what is it, Aquaman into even more of like a stoner surfer bro. And they're like, no, 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 we're going a different direction in the movie. But that was the only thing they ever pushed back against. Apparently in season three, Matt, they pushed back against something rather interesting <laughs> that the internet was just enraptured by for at least 48 hours. And I cannot blame them because this is kind of the perfect comic multiverse story. It's the gift that keeps on giving our cups just runneth over. What What was DC's problem, Matt? What did they not want Harley Quinn season three to um, do? They didn't want Harley Quinn season three to feature a Batman who is a generous lover. Yes, exactly. Apparently there was a joke about Batman uh, giving longtime love interest Catwoman some consensual cunnilingus, <laughs> some consensual oral sex. Didn't DC not only put their foot down about this, but they actually said, and I quote, and this needs to be on a fucking shirt. In fact, I'm sure it already is on someone's tea public somewhere. Our heroes don't do that. <laughs> So your heroes are boring as fuck is what you're saying? <laughs> well, and everyone was quick to point out, myself included, that uh, like DC uh, are kind of hypocrites because uh, they let Kevin Smith do it with uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary. Oh, Green Arrow was munching it all over the place in that tease. Why, why do you think Green Arrow's my favorite hero? He's a generous <laughs> lover and a socially liberal and a good man. <laughs> that's why that's how you know he's a hero real heroes are generous lovers real heroes go down south they box <laughs> with the why it's all good <laughs> that's even funnier too because it's like yeah you know we don't have these same problems for our villains oh so your villains are more three-dimensional people is what you're saying yeah 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 as the chat is quick to say and now we all know why catwoman left batman at the altar. <laughs> yep that's yep. what that's what tom king was building towards that was the man, whole problem <laughs> Yeah, that's that was what it was all about. It was nothing Bane was doing. It was all Batman's problem. <laughs> and yet, it's just so silly and so hypocritical and just like, man, DC editorial and higher ups, you guys managed to instantly sound like a billion years old. I was going to say, it it sounds like it, it it makes them sound totally like boomers. Absolutely, our heroes don't do that. Why? But why though? Oh, because people wouldn't buy the action figures and the lunchbox. I'm like, dude, I'll only buy action figures and lunchboxes of dudes <laughs> who are generous lovers now. Now that I know that's a line in the sand <laughs> that you're willing to draw, that shit's just crazy. 
Yeah, exactly. Bruce doesn't, but Dick does. Oh, Nightwing certainly does. Why do you think he's had so many love interests and stayed <laughs> friends with all of them? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yet another reason why Dick is better than Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Again, first Tom Taylor story was better than Batman. <laughs> literally called that better than Batman, and now we know why. <laughs> Again, you know, see, this is this is why I wish Marvel had come out there too and been like Captain America would. He'd do it for America. He'd salute <laughs> and trumpets and fireworks would be playing. Well, that's how they're just... gonna beat the Squadron Supreme. Mm. In, in hero's return this week just, just a big <laughs> pussy eating content yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how we win. that's how we win avengers avengers assemble that's how Get the x-men are gonna beat namor <laughs> <laughs> and namor's like ah you challenge me at my own game <laughs> do you not think i the submariner i'm a master of the french arts bring it i say <laughs> and xavier's like don't worry we made a hundred clones and i psychically implanted the best techniques in their brains (laughs) and beast is like and i found a way to weaponize it yeah i found a way to do war crimes with it with it it wasn't easy stayed up all night but i did it (laughs) although i think the joke officially died though when uh zach snyder actually like commissioned artwork for it yeah yeah he ruined it it's like it's like oh, okay and now you killed the joke it was funny when everyone else was just alluding to it and being coy about it and everything you went too far yeah. you're you're an adult you're supposed to be the adult in the room and you did this and now it's wrong <laughs> but yeah dc just being fucking hilarious on this one i cannot believe it. i'm reminded too obviously about the batman dam situation where it's like yes we are mature adult comic makers now and storytellers batman is allowed to go full pickle now forever in dc black label and then like colbert and seth myers and all the nighttime comedians made fun of them and then they just put a stop to that right away yeah yeah i wonder will this have the opposite effect with like no we can be cool we can be cool batman can do the oral we can be cool (laughs) Or will this only harden the resolve even more now, I wonder? Oh, it'll probably it'll be, it'll be something like some caveat, like, oh, he can do it, but the Prime Universe Batman doesn't, or some, you know, some bullshit <laughs> like that. <laughs> the Batman who laughs is the only one who Yeah, can. yeah, yeah. Why do you think he's always smiling? <laughs> he's having a great time. Yeah, yeah. I think that long, crazy Cenobite tongue. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's part of the Dark uh, Multiverse. <laughs> only in the dark multiverse are our heroes generous lovers shit <laughs> that that really needs to go on a wall of like some of the stupidest stuff dc has ever said our heroes don't do that uh our heroes can't be happy uh when they talked about you know why heroes aren't allowed to get married anymore because our heroes aren't allowed to be happy uh I, I feel like you could make a whole like quilt of just like these absolutely stupid uh, <laughs> things that they've said that make no goddamn sense <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just just freaking nuts i think we can all agree hey let batman eat the pussy you cowards come on <laughs> <laughs> which again is weird you know it's fine for azarello and uh what is it uh bruce tim to have a whole thing where you know batman has a creepy relationship with batgirl and yeah. that's fine yeah yeah maybe if you let him do it he won't be so angry all the time true enough now <laughs> that we know that no oral sex exists so suddenly universe. like gotham will be like become a paradise <laughs> just with one thing yeah no wonder everyone's upset yeah (laughs) it gets even crazier too because like neil gaiman brought up an old interview where it's like yeah you know for my sandman book and everything you know i was like pushing a lot of boundaries and a lot of barriers and the only note he apparently ever got 
was they had to change the word masturbation. And again, they basically said to Gaiman back in the 90s, oh, that doesn't exist in the DC universe. Really? Really? <laughs> what, what, what did, like, fucking Eobard Thorn go back in time and, like... <laughs> Like kill 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 killed the man who came up with that or something. You like killed the man's wife or something. It was my greatest villainous plan, mm. Barry. That's what um the next uh flash story is gonna be about when they bring Eobard back. Yeah, I went back. He, 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 he killed the concept of masturbation. I killed it, Barry, so you would be miserable. <laughs> you specifically, and it's like really just me, just me. <laughs> It's funny, too, because, you know, the actual, like, Harley Quinn uh, animated comic tie-in they're doing, I think it's called Harley and Ivy, uh, was it, uh, Eat, Bang, Kill? And I'm like, okay, so you can have the words, that's fine, but you can't actually imply it unless they're villains in which it's okay. Yeah, it's it's so backwards thinking. It really, it really, really is. And again, like, the DC higher-ups where it's like, no, our heroes must be kept in amber forever for all time. And I'm like, guys, you're not on the internet very much, are you? No, you can tell they're not. (laughs) No, just just search Batman with the safe surf and, you know, see what happens. (laughs) Like, like you might not have thought it, but trust me, other people have. That's all I'm saying. Uh... It's all I'm saying. Yeah, thank you, Chad, for reminding me. I would have kicked myself if we didn't, you know, what is it, pluck pluck this sweet, delicious, low-hanging <laughs> fruit and just num, 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 num. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, now is probably a good time to, what is it, remind everyone that the Cave Troll channel, according to my analytics, has at least a 5% female audience, and I think they've <laughs> all left right now. Uh... <laughs> They're like, oh god, it's begun. You know, I'm I'm out of here. So if you stay, thank you. Oh. <laughs> and with that, we can actually uh, hop on to the next comic we read this week. Matt, what else did you read that didn't involve oral sex? Ah, <laughs> uh, Heroes Reborn issue seven. Nah, no oral sex in this nah, one, but nah. some interesting stuff all the same. Yeah, yeah. Getting to see the squadron actually work together after multiple issues of highlighting them and just how dysfunctional they are. Yeah, they're starting to come together and realize that uh, something's fucky with with the Very. universe they're in. And uh, yeah, this was kind of like a rapid fire. I said this kind of dropped like the DC pastiche a little bit. Sure did. Uh, but it's still there's still like little hints there. Uh, like we get like a Death of Superman-esque sort of thing yep. with Hyperion where he's murdered by Weapon X. <laughs> and um, Yeah. They also do kind of like Civil War, Dark Avengers. They do kind of a greatest hits of like uh, other great Marvel stories. Uh, The Blur one was great. I didn't even understand the Blur one. Someone had to explain that to me where it's like, yeah, we're doing a one more day Spider-Man bit. But we're also doing a reference to Flash and Necron, which is also basically the first one more day give me your marriage story. Yeah, I saw I I thought that was pretty genius. And then they use Mary Jane in there as well. (laughs) Mary Jane Stewart. I'm like, okay, that's pretty fucking clever, actually. Also, that's a funny joke, and it also further showcases that the squadron are actually quite in over their head because even though they are essentially working for Mephisto, it doesn't stop Mephisto from fucking them over. Oh yeah, he, he still fucks with them all the time. And uh, they don't even know that uh, President Coulson is in on it. No, no. Which I thought was pretty interesting, too, this late in the game, and they have no idea how manipulated they're being. Yeah, I had originally thought that it was going to be like, oh, well, like, Nightwing, Nightwing, uh, Nighthawk knows. Nighthawk knows because, like, his job is, like, a congressman and everything, and he's, like, the Batman. I was like, of course he fucking knows. But no, he he doesn't know fuck all, basically. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. None of them know anything, and they are literally walking directly into a trap set by the Avengers, which I enjoyed after multiple issues of seeing the Avengers kind of on the defensive and kind of having to work underground and everything. Now they actually set the trap, and we see the script literally being flipped in the final page and being like, no, 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 we're coming to take our reality back and our top spot back. Yeah, again, it's great. Like I've said, like, the 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 main plot of what this event would be is like the backups uh well yep. we've been because it's like the reverse sort of reality sort of thing so yeah yeah they've now decided no we're gonna make this like the main story now for the big hero's yep. return issue which i wonder how much story is actually going to be in that one because it's like why well, you guys really waited for the extra issue to finish this story but then i'm like it's a very simple story i don't think it was ever meant to be an event no 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 this was meant to be like just another jason aaron run i think i mean i like that it was an event because it was quite interesting and uh like different. i i read i've managed to read all the times as well and they were all impressed. pretty great yeah very impressed that you were able to do all of those so uh yeah, I mean, that's basically the long and short of the issue. And uh, Coulson once again reveals himself to be the ultimate Captain America fanboy because his ace in the hole to try and stop the Avengers is an evil cosmic cube, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I like that uh, as well. It's like the, the when he was remaking the Earth, he was because he was a Captain America fanboy, he, mm. he uh, kept Cap still there. And that's the one thing that kind of like uh, tipped his hand a little bit there because leaving Cap meant the Avengers can come back. <laughs> his great undoing because he's such a freaking captain america nerd even when he's evil in fact even this whole thing of i'm gonna make myself president with the power of a cosmic cube it's like didn't captain america do that in secret empire the story you died in yep yep <laughs> also it's funny he has no anger at deadpool and deadpool's the one who actually killed him yeah yeah I thought that was a story that I'd like to see told. Uh, Coulson meets Deadpool again. Yeah, well, maybe it might be. Maybe yeah. it might. Um, but maybe that's why he in this universe is like, just like kind of a, a punchline. Mm, he's the Harley Quinn. Yeah, which is also funny in its own right. Uh, man, we're getting so much Secret Empire stuff because we got that, and then we also got Captain America meeting Rick Jones again for the first time since uh, since Secret Empire. Yeah, that happened in, obviously, Captain America 25. No, it happened in the Hulk book, actually, in Immortal Oh, Hulk. okay. Nice. Yeah, because, like, Rick Jones is, like, a fucking Cronenberg monster now, mm -hmm. and Steve is like, oh, my God, Rick, I am so sorry. <laughs> and Rick's like, ah, you know, Cap is cool. And I'm like, oh, that's nice that they got to have this moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the middle of this Immortal Hulk book where everything else is going on, Al Ewing is like, these two haven't had a moment yet, have they, in, like, over three years they should probably have a moment yeah yeah and they did and it was nice but yeah so that's uh that's heroes reborn everyone it's it's very heroey yeah we, we get that finishes up this this uh coming week it does i guess that's another thing you know another piece of credit we can give it at everything the fact that it came out on such a tight schedule yeah every week never never missed a week or anything i, I guess it's like because they probably had it all written and everything already true yeah which is nice. I like it when events come out on time. I can't believe I have to say that, but some events <laughs> don't get it. No, no, some don't. <laughs> some events miss that memo. Uh, I guess the other big Marvel story this week, and we alluded to it earlier, was, of course, Venom issue number 200, the big Donnie Cates finale. Yes, and it was fucking big. It was like 80 pages long. Big. Oh, yeah, it was multiple writers, too, because we get the epilogue, basically, of King in Black and what's going on with Eddie. 
we get a Dylan-centric story, and we get a Flash Thompson-centric story to uh, set up Extreme Carnage. Yeah, set up all the books that are coming up. Yeah, which, man, never did I think that there would be a Venom book so successful that it would launch another book <laughs> off the back of it. Hey, yeah, well, crazier things have happened. <laughs> sure has. Uh, I like the whole idea that Kate's plays with with stakes, and that is that, yeah, Eddie Brock defeated Null, He's the new king in black. He rules the Clintar hive mind, but it's literally killing him. Yeah, it's turned him into an old man. Yeah, old man Eddie, which, I mean, everyone in Marvel gets to be old man at some point. Yeah, it's, it's like a rite of passage. It really is. And, you know, he's trying to do all that while trying to be a dad. And he can literally work from home because part of the symbiote hive mind is, is he can literally just hijack any symbiote anywhere in the universe. Yeah, and that, that, that's shown when he goes to meet Spider-Man. And it's not actually technically Eddie. It's like a clone yep. body, symbiote body sort of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love the conversation they have too, where it's like, yeah, what's it like being omnipotent? He's like, no, no, Peter, I'm not omnipotent. I'm omnipresent, but I don't know everything. Yeah. I'm just everywhere <laughs> at once. <laughs> Which, yeah, wow, actual godhood, Eddie Brock, just trying to grapple with the fact that he is now a god. Yeah, I like that Spider Man's like, can you just go back to being my villain? like it's yeah, so so, so much good. simpler <laughs> so someone in my comment section actually brought up an interesting point about that and they're like wow why is it everyone around spider-man is allowed to grow up have children change jobs and everything but he is perpetually perpetually stuck in the same like you know extended childhood i blame the fans because <laughs> the minute any any writer tries to do anything uh remotely different with the character they just like completely like bitch and moan until like everything is put back to normal i i almost feel like donny cates was doing like a bit of commentary on that because mm-hmm. spider-man does his classic bit of like oh this is all my fault you know you're old now and you're kid like oh i wish i never for for lasses me i wish i never brought that symbiote back from battle world and eddie just like pops his balloon being like no man they were here since like the time of yeah, the vietnam and, and yeah grendel was based on him and everything yeah yeah, you don't actually need to feel bad about this. This actually, this has been completely divorced from you now. This actually has nothing to do with you. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's kind of cool that like they kind of, I, I guess they take that away from Spider-Man because yeah, for the longest time that was like his thing. It's like he's responsible yep. for Venom, but I like and that the they've symbiote. recontextualized it into something like even cooler. In a way that works and makes sense, and it's yeah. also like that's fine. Spider-Man has lots of other things. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man doesn't need this one part, and also it probably helps, too, that Sony is making Venom movies on its own now, so so divorce that from Spider-Man as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure with some manner of mandate. Uh, we get to check in with Dylan, and Dylan, again, some interesting development with him. He's actually kind of pissed that he doesn't have his powers anymore, and that his dad basically took them away without asking. Yeah, his dad in his, in his infinite godhood uh, took mm-hmm. all these powers away, and uh, left him with nothing and uh, nothing except for uh the actual venom venom symbiote which is his like dog now i love it's like a big doberman picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he's just allowed to take that to school <laughs> yeah it's a big silly dog and i'm like yep this is where the venom suit lives now thanks to the movie we literally get a bit where like the venom symbiote is helping make breakfast and i'm like ah but unlike in the movie this isn't stupid and this is actually well deserved and we've yeah, been building this up makes sense. To dom- <laughs> yeah we've been building up to domestic symbiote and i kind of love domestic symbiote yeah yeah Dylan even asked him, like, hey, what's your name? Because now we know that, like, you're Venom and my dad when you're together. Do you have a name? And it's like, yeah, but, like, 
symbiotes don't have names in words. Yeah, it's like a freq- uh, a sound frequency sort of thing, and he shares yeah. it with Dylan. Which, even though Dylan doesn't have powers, he can still understand it, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Also, Dylan's still dealing with the fact that he had an evil god living in his head and that he was basically an evil space messiah, so he often has vivid visions of him murdering his bullies. Yeah, yeah, He get, and uh, gets into fights and everything at school, and like, yeah, he's kind of fucked up. Yeah, kind of kind of mad, but understandably so, too, because he's yeah. had a really shitty life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the fact that he goes from that shitty life to, like, you know, almost dying to now being like, okay, now you have to be a normal kid now, but I don't know how to be a normal kid now. Yeah, and while he's having that discussion, he happens upon uh, Jack-O-Lantern. Uh, a Jack-O-Lantern. <laughs> a Jack-O-Lantern just mugging someone. Which, man, how far has the Jack-O-Lantern fallen <laughs> yeah. now that they're just mugging people in alleys now? Holy shit. Yeah, and uh, the Jack-O-Lantern ends up shooting Dylan, and to save him, uh, the, the Venom symbiote has to uh fuse with dylan and become mm-hmm. the new venom the new venom which i love that we actually got to see the artwork for that al ewing venom series and venom had chains around mm-hmm. his thing and i'm like oh that's an interesting artist thing there little did i know it was a completely different venom <laughs> that's fun that they tilted their hand and they didn't know and, and dylan's reasoning where it's like well why do you have the chains why is it chains instead of webs oh all my favorite heroes had chains growing up is that a spawn reference donny that's Cates, absolutely a spawn and, reference <laughs> and what's donny kate's gonna be writing oh spawn universe that comes out this week or he's gonna be involved in the project really donny everything is connected donny <laughs> <laughs> you mad lad you absolute mad lad you i love you <laughs> <laughs> So that's fun. Magmaster saying didn't punish or kill Jack Lantern in the first Civil War. There's been several Jack Lanterns, yeah, Magmaster. They're all deeply, deeply lame in different ways. Yeah, this one's probably the lamest since he's just <laughs> yeah. mug- mugging women in the street. <laughs> yeah, because remember there was another one during like War of Realms and everything, and yeah. then there was the nameless one for the Flash Thompson one. Oh yeah, there's been many outside just Jason McIndale. Yeah. And, uh, hey, speaking of Flash, and we were, Flash also gets a little story. He's back to life now, and he doesn't know how to deal with it, because I think this is his first resurrection, yeah? Yeah, yeah, well, he was, like, trying to, exp- like, since, it was the first time since he died, like, ages ago, so he's, like, trying to, like, catch himself up on the world, and he's, like, going to coffee shops, and they're, like, do you want a mocha grande, whatever, and he's just, I just want a large, a small coffee. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? I've been <laughs> yeah. dead. Yeah, and a bunch of uh, bunch of uh, green-suited goons come for him, or do they? Or so he thinks. Yeah, it's like, oh, great, I haven't been back for longer than 15 minutes and people are already trying to kill me. But no, they were actually after the barista because the barista has bonded with a symbiote. In fact, lots of people have bonded with symbiotes left behind on Earth, mm-hmm. and the symbiotes are mostly good and chill now under yeah. Eddie Brock. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that Like he's able to uh, like uh, calm them down and... Or he freed them, basically, because they're all, like, slaves to Null. And, yeah, I like that they're just, like, chill with just, like, I'm just going to be a barista. I'm just going to go make people coffee. And cure this guy's cancer, too, apparently, as we also heard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the symbiotes in general are good, and you can understand why people wouldn't want to give up their symbiotes if it cured your cancer. Mm Mm-hmm. But because this is Earth and the human race we're dealing with, it, it only took like 15 minutes, but there's already yeah. like a freaking racism group against symbiotes. Yeah, yeah, they're there. They want to kill all those filthy symbiotes. 
And again, the guardsmen, they got a name and costumes and an ethos. And like, they had this planned. They had this planned. <laughs> yeah, they were just waiting. They were waiting for their chance to be prejudiced against symbiotes, <laughs> and it finally came. Oh, if it wasn't against symbiotes, it'd be against something. Uh, what's it this week? Ah, oh, it's mutants. Ah, oh, it's humans. <laughs> Uh, really? Uh. Yeah, you're right. It's always something in the Marvel universe if it yeah. ain't one, it's the other. Just aliens in general. Yeah. Yeah. When are when are the symbiotes gonna demand their own planet or their own island to themselves? <laughs> That's what I want. Eddie Brock be like, and I will take all the symbiotes and start an island. And Xavier's like, well, I nope. want now that like obviously the symbiotes like they can actually help people like will this guy cure cancer. I want them to be like, well, now we don't really need that, like, uh, mutant miracle drug, drugs, miracle yeah. drug anymore. So, like, you know, fuck you, we're going to invade your country. That'd be a hell of a thing. You get a choice. Do you want alien goo or mutant drugs? Ah, <laughs> uh, geez, I don't know. Now, with the alien goo, you will have a voice in your head at all times. <laughs> but also, knowing Eddie as well, he'd be like, oh, just give it to him for free. Just, like, don't ask for anything in return or anything, unlike the mutants who want, like, fucking everything it's it's basically an adoption program is what it is it's a symbiote <laughs> adoption program yeah yeah you take you get you get the symbiote and then in return you'll get like cancer-free life maybe extended as an extended uh lifetime and everything as captain kun said the symbiotes are the new scrolls yes exactly and scrolls add that to the list of you know oppressed groups within the marvel universe that humanity seems to hate mm-hmm I mean, shit, there was the scroll kill crew there for a bit. Yep. And I mean, what are the guards made if not the symbiote kill crew? <laughs> that needs to be the twist that they were actually anti scroll guys who just changed their costumes. <laughs> well, it's not really cool to hate scrolls anymore because they're the good guys in the movies now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When are we going to get the symbiote nation event? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Captain Kuhn, for the super chat. Yes, thank you for that too. Yeah, they can have Detroit, the symbiotes. They can just have all of Detroit. <laughs> they can just rebuild to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like a big goo city. <laughs> and they're like, man, say what you want about those symbiotes, but they really turned Detroit around, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's Venom number 200. We we have two Venoms now. We have Eddie Brock, who is the king in black, and we have Dylan, who is the new uh, Venom. Yeah, and I, I like that Eddie's just like, yeah, that's cool. You can be that yeah works for me i want you to be safe and you know you'll be the safest with my symbiote so there you go yeah also as the chat said earlier we totally called kid venom yeah we did didn't yeah. we it was kind of obvious it was obvious it was, it was heading that yeah, way they were here's my question uh does kid venom does he stay in the venom book or because he's a teen hero now does he get to go and join the champions that's a good question I would love Dylan to be part of the champions because it's just like they're all, you know, like uh, primary color do-gooders and everything. And he's just sitting there, let's eat people's brains. <laughs> also, we forgot to mention that, uh, like, Eddie basically, like, recommended uh, Flash Thompson to join the Avengers. That's right. He was on the Secret Avengers before, so it makes sense. Yeah, and, and that was during the time as well where Eddie uh, warned them about the maker. Because the makers oh, in the yes, in the right. ultimate universe that finally fucking came back. <laughs> that came back. I I had completely forgotten about it, <laughs> and I love Eddie being like, man, you know things were so crazy with Null. 
but like you gotta worry about the maker guys because he's definitely gonna come back and try and kill us all in the next event whenever that is yeah the next big marvel event with the ultimate universe coming back <laughs> like literally donny cage pointed to the bleachers and it's like there's your next event right there everybody i wouldn't be surprised if he's the one headlining that because he's got that stuff he's got the stuff he's building uh in thor with that wow. um with that thanos uh who who had yep. the uh the, the infinity hammer and everything yep. and yeah there's definitely places they can go with that. Maybe after the last annihilation, that'll be their next thing. Yeah. Also, thank you for the cheer, Tevia. Yeah, because again, the, he kept threatening that for a bit. Where it's like, is the Ultimate Universe coming back? I think the Ultimate Universe might really be coming back under Donny Cates. Yeah, yeah. It happens in Hulk. <laughs> yeah, Hulk, Hulk goes to the. They send Hulk after the Maker. <laughs> oh man. And it turns out the green door uh, not only lets you return from life to death, but it actually lets you walk through other universes too, because every universe has its own green door. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Like, that's the thing. Like, they could throw that out there, and I'd be like, yep. Like, Bruce reincarnates in the Ultimate Hulk. Oh, shit, yeah. He comes back, but he's in the wrong universe. Yeah. He's like, fuck, what happened? Uh, that'll be, uh, that might be a bit too similar to what's happening in Flash at the moment. <laughs> true, true. But again, hey, one good idea deserves another. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Hulk smashes the Ultimate Universe, uh, World War Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what else did you have, Matt, this week? Uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Um, oh well, we had like a pretty fucking big X Men book this week. Uh, the biggest X Men, in <laughs> fact, the, the, a planet sized X Men book. <laughs> Oh boy. It's like, man, you know, this Hellfire Gala was pretty cool and pretty laid back. What do you think they're going to do next? Yeah, we got that trial of Magneto coming up. We got Inferno. I don't think they're going to do anything big for a while. You know, I think they're probably going to take it nice and easy and chill. And oh, the mutants took over all of Mars and terraformed yeah. it in like a day. Yeah. Oh, oh, Magneto took what Namor said very personally. <laughs> oh, he sure did. He, he goddamn, uh, what is it? Michael Jordan, the shit out of that one. <laughs> fuck that fish man <laughs> uh yeah so the so the mutants are uh are having like a bunch of problems with different things like they they don't have enough uh quantity on their miracle medicine because their farms on savage land got destroyed by horticulture uh they they've got problems with like uh the avengers kind of like asking them like what's the deal with Araco? because people are like getting worried because there's now like millions upon millions more mutants so everyone's They're kind of bit, a lot more warlike yeah a bit more fucking worried uh all these different problems are coming up so magnet is like fuck it we're gonna take a planet as their own <laughs> Yep, who's gonna stop? I love that because we see like Magneto sitting down and have meetings with so many people. Oh, we're running out of resources. Oh, the Erico guys keep subjugating parts of Japan. What are we gonna do, Magneto? Yeah. And he's like, everyone shut up. I have a plan in motion that will fix all of these <laughs> problems at once. Yeah, just let me do my plan. <laughs> let me do my thing and it's literally like the freaking creation myth magneto i'm gonna crack the fucking planet open and add more metal to the core to make it more stable and livable yeah and then we're gonna get like some iraqi uh yeah. mutants to come onto mars and like cut open his wrist and let forth an ocean and and then one's gonna just happen to happen him yeah yeah and then one's gonna turn into like the soil and like propagate the soil and on mars and make it livable and then Storm's gonna like can literally create like create the weather, <laughs> which she can do. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're all basically gods. And when you yeah. all work together, you can do your own creation myth. Magneto even says, you know, mutants do in a couple hours what it takes. You know, the universe millions of years. Yeah, yeah. 
And it's like, damn, this is this is cool, and it's all hard science fiction, and it ties together several other storylines because Magneto, we discover, has basically been planning this for a bit, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, originally we wanted to use Franklin Richards for this, but that's a bust. Yeah, he's a pretender. That's yeah, what they call him. <laughs> so I guess we're gonna have to get some of those Erico mutants on our side, and again, they're all just like crazy weirdos, like fishmen and worm guys and everything. Yeah, I also like that it is. Uh... I said in my review, I like that it's Magneto doing it because he he'd have like some uh, sort of experience in this with creation of like uh, like uh, Asteroid M and Genosha True. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he's thought about it where it's like, man, I never yeah. had the power. They're, they're like his prototypes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's all been building this. Here's here's hoping. Uh, what is it? Planet Erico goes a little better than uh, Genosha or Asteroid N did because you know all those places got really fucked up. I hope so, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. It probably would have if you didn't announce to the entire world that now you're in charge of the entire universe or the entire galaxy, solar system, and you're the ones that everyone should come to and not Earth. (laughs) It might have gone well if you maybe didn't do that. It's so great because, you know, I remember at the end of Hellfire Gala, Emma's like, oh, and look at our fireworks, everyone. Your mind will all be connected together. I'm like, oh, that's nice. But I bet there's a sinister undercurrent. Then in this, it's like, no, no, she connected everyone's mind so they could see what they were doing on Mars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are modern gods of creation. We took a whole planet. What are you going to do about Maybe it? Maybe that's the thing that everyone was pissed at. Because remember how we got that like sort of flashback yes. to the end of the night and everyone was kind of like upset, sort of? Yeah. They're like, this is going to change everything. Move my stocks around. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great, too, because Storm is the only, like, voice of reason where she's like, so you think people are going to be upset that we <laughs> colonized all of Mars without asking? And Magneto's like, humanity was never going to get off their ass and colonize Mars. What are they going to complain about? <laughs> you snooze, you lose, losers. It's like they're going to complain for the sake of complaining. <laughs> yeah, but fuck them. Fuck them, kid. Is <laughs> what Magneto said. Uh, just, just the brass balls on all of them is amazing. And they're like, no, 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 see, we did it. So Mars can serve as a buffer between the rest of, you know, the scary universe out there and Earth. We really did it for you, everybody. Yeah, and then they go announce themselves as rulers of the solar system. We are the kings of Mars. Yeah. <laughs> also, also, too, do you think they picked Mars just because it had an M in it? Probably. It'll be planet M, yeah. Uh, oh, it's like Planet Araco. So. It is now. Because, yeah, that's the thing. They took it, but the Krakoans didn't keep it. They gave it to Araco. They're like, look, the Aracos are gone now. They're not going to be causing any more trouble. Krakoa's back to small again, everyone. It's okay. As, as See, I, I like that for a couple of reasons. Because, one, it makes it look like, okay, yeah, we got rid of It's like the mutants. Uh, it makes the mutants look kind of good. Because, like, okay, we got rid of, like, the, the really hyper-violent, warlike people. They're yeah. not on our planet anymore. It's fine. You guys don't need to worry about But then it's also, like... They're not on our planet anymore. They're not going to interfere in our plans to take over the world and everything. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about them now. It's also like you guys are going to send people to keep tabs on the Erico guys, right? Because if their culture continues the way it is, what's going to stop them before they decide, hey, we want to take over other planets? Yeah, yeah. What's Are they going to take over like Saturn and Jupiter and all that next? Yeah, the entire like thing. Is that what, uh, what is it? The Last Annihilation is going to deal with that? How are you <laughs> the mutants like, in in the, in all their like uh uh arrogance like gave the warlike species uh, the warlike part of their their uh, species a, a fucking planet and like the ability wow. to like space travel 
How did they think yeah. that that was not going to backfire? <laughs> Absolutely. And you figure at what point, you know, is the Kree Scroll Union going to have a problem with this or the Shi'ar Empire? They're like, hey, that's the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are kind of stepping on our intergalactic empire game. Yeah. 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 What with taking a whole planet without asking, like, come on, guys, there's rules and waiting lists for this shit. <laughs> you didn't follow the correct paperwork. Yeah, exactly. And Magneto's like, "Oh yes, yes, yeah, I have the paper." That's the charm right of Magneto. Here. He didn't. He, he, this is like <laughs> they yes. yeah, they got him on like tax evasion or something. They send him to space court. Yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. That's good <laughs> shit. But yeah, so planet size X Men showing no signs of slowing down. This is no. like a, this is an epilogue for the Hellfire Gala. And also kind of like a sneak peek of what we can expect in what I assume is the Duggan book. Yeah, the Duggan book are like a, at least his era of, of the X-Men stuff. Yeah. As Chemdog says, you know, the Erico mutants on Mars makes complete sense. What with it being named after the God of War? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, real real solid stuff, and again, showing that X-Men at Marvel has no sign of slowing down, and just no. when you think it's slowing down, oh, they take a whole planet. Yeah. What, what are they going to do now? They're going to have to, like, we're, we're taking a reality. <laughs> yeah, really. We're conquering a whole separate reality. The ultimate universe is ours now, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Or we went to, like, uh, what is it, the Maestro's Future Imperfect, and that's ours now. Yep. <laughs> they they haven't actually touched time yet there's a lot of time traveling mutants they could do something with yeah i i have to imagine that's like a sort of break glass in case of emergency sort of thing xavier doesn't want to fuck up just he's doing it like things in the shadows and that might like set off some fucking alarm bells with like kang or something because i know there's a lot of mutants and a lot of x-men in like 2099 and everything and they kind of got their own community going around mm -hmm. there wouldn't it be interesting if one of the mutants from x-men 2099 came back in time and like hey you guys changed history my thing doesn't exist anymore <laughs> that'd be pretty cool there's there's a story they gotta tell at some point that'd be pretty cool <laughs> just because like i know like within the current uh climates and everything of it uh xavier would be like i don't give a fuck <laughs> Yeah, I'll give a fuck about your future. It's my future now. Yeah. <laughs> the chat saying Magneto will be taken down like Al Capone. Yeah, on tax yeah. evasion. That's how yeah. they get him. He even wears like white suits and everything. And Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> All he needs to do is start smoking a cigar up there in space. <laughs> oh shit yeah I, I mean come on the mutants are already running vice. It's just life-saving medicine instead of booze. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah exactly you're absolutely right man where are they gonna go next after you terraform a planet unless they eventually try and conquer earth which i feel is ultimately gonna be the end game for this whole it's, thing the it likes it's set up for that completely yeah the mutants try and conquer earth and then that will lead to another x-men schism some people will probably back the avengers and the rest of uh humanity while others will be like no i like this idea actually yeah 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 it's a hell of a thing. Yeah. Probably a space war. Because, again, we kind of saw that at the end of X of Swords, where it looked like a big space war was going to start between Sword and everyone well, else. Well, again, the Kree Scroll Empire, they're, they're part of Earth now, like, like, because yes. of, like, Hulkling and everything. So, of course, he's going to be uh, against, like, the mutants and everything and the way they, like, treat uh, 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 Scarlet Witch and everything. So, so they would, they would totally go against the mutants. 
And that'll probably be an appetizer, too, to be like, hey, everyone, whose side are you on? The Kree Skrull Empire or Krakoa? Yeah. And they're going to remember that when the real fight comes and be like, oh, well, Avengers, you didn't help us during this space war, so we're not going to help you now. Yeah. Hell, we kind of saw that in King and Black, too, when everyone was surprised, like, oh, the, the X-Men actually came to help. We didn't expect you guys to come and help right now. It's like, yeah, why, why wouldn't we? Yeah. It's just you guys have been a little weird on your island. And then as we read in the tie-ins, they're like, okay, as soon as the fight starts turning against the good guys, everyone come back home to Krakoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come back home because the, 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 the symbiotes are on Krakoa now. <laughs> Yeah, like they literally had a plan to escape where they're like, look, you know, we'll we'll make a show of helping everyone else because we're still part of the superhero community. But as soon as shit goes against us, we're going back home to Krakoa. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get on our space arcs and go off into the fucking uh, space on sword and everything because we can now because we have that. <laughs> uh, also, too, you got to figure it's only a matter of time before the X-Men want the Phoenix Force back. Yeah, yeah, yep. They're like, hey guys, historically that's been our thing, so you know. Which I would like a story told about that. It's like, yeah, it's historically theirs, but it's not theirs. Yeah, but historically though, so give yeah. it back. Because <laughs> that was a thing yeah. in in uh in Aaron's run. Everyone was getting pissy because someone else other than an X Men was using the the Phoenix or something. Like, well, it's you know technically not theirs. Like they have been using it uh, like every now and then, but you know they don't own like exclusive rights to it. <laughs> yeah really so yeah lots of places they could still go in what i guess is uh officially the uh what is it reign of x-men era i guess they're calling it now mm -hmm. so uh yeah what else did we have this week matt now that we devoted so much good time to uh x-men and all the goods going ons there um i had the new supergirl book by tom king right see i almost picked this up but then i'm like no if i pick this up i might not be able to get into my backlog <laughs> but i did hear good things from you and other people uh, yeah it's it's pretty good uh mainly because it has a cohesive beginning middle and end no <laughs> like really? it's actually told in like how you would actually tell a story there's no fucking random oh this page is in like the current present and then this page is like 40 years in the future and whatnot and this panel is in freaking grayscale yeah for some reason <laughs> it's artistic um yeah no but the story like it, it's actually quite interesting and a, a, actually quite a great way to take kara in that she technically isn't the main character of the book oh uh the main character of the book is this uh alien woman named ruth and we follow her story with her father gets murdered by a guy called krem uh, who's like a king's agent for their on their planet and he he's like testing their family to see if they'll still uh 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 loyal to their king and her father like had some like some ideals of his own and he ended up getting killed for it and wow. uh the book is about ruth searching for revenge against krem and she leaves her family home to go and find krem and sort of she tries to hire people to like kill him and and with the reward being Krem's sword that he left in uh, her father's body because it's like worth a lot of money and everything and the sword that we're seeing on the cover and everything yeah 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 um she goes to like this Conan barbarian guy and he doesn't he wants to help but like he wants to do it on his own terms um and he, he'll end up betraying her later on of course um but we find that Kara is on this planet and she's on this planet because it's her 21st birthday planet has a red sun and she's there to get fucking drunk 
nice. Um, and yeah, she ends up uh, inadvertently helping the girl when uh, this uh, Conan the Barbarian guy tries to like make off with the sword and um, tries to like uh, rip her off, rip off Ruth basically. Uh, Ruth realizes that she's a lot stronger than uh, she appears because she's wearing like a cloak and everything to cover her costume because uh, she's not meant to like, like people aren't meant to see her and everything because she's just there just getting hammered and doesn't want to uh, disrespect the, the the house of l and everything um right. uh so she asked uh supergirl to kill this guy and supergirl's like ah don't really do that my world we like save people and that's like my <laughs> job i can't kill people um so supergirl wants to leave because uh, she's out of money and everything so she's like ah, i gotta go home and like i got like washing to do and shit like that um <laughs> but ruth is ruth keeps like trying and trying and trying and eventually we learn that that conan dude um went to krem and like sort of got a higher bid and now he's working for krem and led krem to ruth so she can <laughs> uh so he can kill her uh to, so he doesn't die anyway and uh, uh crypto and supergirl end up getting like shot with arrows and because it's red sun they actually get wounded and everything oh yeah um but that doesn't stop uh supergirl from uh beating the shit out of all these people <laughs> she's so fucking angry and uh yeah the book kind of ends with them sort of dying quote unquote um because of the arrow wounds and ruth having to look after them that uh legit sounds really cool the chat yeah. said apparently in the chat said in interviews apparently uh tom king sold this one as like superman meets true grit and i'm like yeah i see it yeah yeah very much and it's like sort of like swords and sandals sort of uh like, like adventure it. like fantasy adventure sort of stuff because the planet's like very uh it's like all swords and shields and like castles and stuff like that and yeah, it's pretty cool it's pretty cool and and in only six issues, Tom King will have to get to the it, fucking point. See, okay, so so you think it's it's actually eight issues, but oh, is it I, really? I was I was sure that when this was announced, it was six issues, and I like Same. went looking just to try and find like I'm sure I saw that cover and it said one of six, and I could only find the one that says one of eight, but I'm sure it was uh, six issues, and I'm like, oh no, has he done has he done the thing? Has he done the thing where more. where he's where he had to do two more issues? Oh no, oh no, what's the back half of the series going to look like? yeah exactly i needed it i really because that sounds like a great first issue yeah it's a really good first issue it like sets up like this great story with kara having to like sort of deal with this uh woman and everything and sort of and it's great because as i said like kara isn't really the main character and i i can see where they're going in this because she keeps telling uh ruth that like look revenge and like vengeance and all that isn't the way you gotta you gotta let justice do its thing and i can see where it's going where kara is going to be like that sort of inspirational hope sort right. of like that that symbol of justice for the angel for on the shoulder yeah and she's and ruth's gonna like although in, in classic tom king fashion i guarantee you that's what's going to happen and then at the end you'd be like ah fuck justice she'll end up like <laughs> killing the guy because he's a funny way of undercutting himself but yeah that actually sounds like a great way to do a super centric story and that is like have the super character be part of it but have another character you get to write that way yeah uh, what is it they can maintain their character and not get too tom kingified yeah exactly now here's the thing to defeat this cram guy we're going to travel back in time <laughs> and frame people for a murder <laughs> no he did it again <laughs> and it was all a dream god damn it tom <laughs> i was really into this until i wasn't 
No, that that sounds like exactly what I want from Tom King. Something straightforward and yeah. you know, something you can follow and get invested in. And now that it's yeah, it's only like eight issues or six issues or whatever it was meant to be, it should be pretty concise. But did Supergirl and Ruth did they meet on a planet or did they meet in the bar? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the last two issues are. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna flash forward to like an elderly Kara and um she's taken ruth to the doctor or something i don't know fucking know in a, in a future will and porky pig is there too yeah because he wrote that one time yeah, yeah. yeah. no this actually sounds pretty good this actually yeah. sounds like something that he can't yeah. fuck up and the book art. looks fucking fantastic thanks yeah, to uh nice. bill quiss evely's art cool i might have to look into that then that actually sounds like something i would enjoy yeah yeah uh all right was that oh i had one last thing this week but because i reviewed it earlier in the week i forgot about it nightwing came out this week it did this was a big issue very big issue though i don't see a lot of people talking about it like i don't see it setting the internet on fire maybe because people don't believe it yeah yeah which is fair enough so yeah it's a uh, nightwing continuing his fight with heartless that brand new supervillain who was preying on the homeless community in bloodhaven mm-hmm and he's strong, and he's fast, and he's got a bunch of gear, but he's not as well-trained or disciplined as Nightwing. No. So he's actually able to essentially choke him out. I love that. When in doubt, just choke him out. Choke him out. <laughs> Don't care how strong you are, everybody gets choked out. <laughs> and uh, we get a really great scene there where, like, uh, Tim Drake, who I love that he's a supporting character in this yeah. book. How great is that? It kind of makes sense as well. I think, like, last issue, I, I, I said this is, like, the best parts of like dick's time as batman it's basically a batman and robin book in everything but name yeah they found the yeah. best way to incorporate tim here in this universe uh in this story and you know he's trying to save a bunch of homeless kids from a bridge that's exploding because heartless rigged it to explode to cover his escape mm -hmm. and like oh is nightwing gonna get there in time you don't know and they radio out to a bunch of ships and no shit i actually got a little misty-eyed over this i thought this was so sweet the ships all come to save the kids despite you know everyone thinking that you know bloodhaven is this shitty corrupt city and no one helps mm -hmm. each other they actually do and the ships are all named after other nightwing riders yeah the Seely and the devon we couldn't call it the grayson because that would just be confusing <laughs> And uh, interestingly enough there, I guess uh, the, the Lobdell couldn't make it. I guess that one sprung a late <laughs> And uh, who's the other guy, a respected writer, but turned into a massive shithead, had long tenure on Nightwing? I have no uh, idea. All, uh, all he does is like the right-wing talk show circuit now. Oh, oh, oh. Um, well, why am I? I know the one you're thinking of. Oh, what's his name? Yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah, the, uh, the the Dixon ship couldn't make it because the Dixon ship got stuck at one of those Trump boat parades. <laughs> so it couldn't come to help. <laughs> and even the Jurgens came too. The Jurgens was also sure to flip off John Stewart, the comedian, not the character, but it was able to come too. <laughs> Ooh, I, I I love bits like that. Like, oh yes, all our favorite writers, not those two guys though. Nope, 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 nope. They go over there. <laughs> uh but yeah so it's a fun issue uh dick gets uh what is it a concussion right around the same time that uh oracle gets him up to speed on everything that's been happening with melinda zuko the new mayor of bloodhaven now uh -huh. yeah which uh i which i like but no one mentions the fact that like this is actually the second time nightwing has dealt with a daughter of zuko yeah yeah 
everyone remembers everything but we don't remember sonya zuko and that this actually kind of <laughs> happened one time before <laughs> oh well and all of dick's friends being like well, no don't you go don't you go fight her don't you go try and talk her it's like i won't i won't i'm totally doing it though yeah yeah <laughs> and because he's concussed uh what is it her girlfriend is actually able to like beat the shit out of him with a baseball bat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah catches him I- off guard <laughs> catches him off guard it's like oh she actually is well trained unlike heartless and also i have a concussion this was a bad (laughs) idea why did i do these things and uh we find out a little bit more about melinda apparently she's got like a whole file at the fbi that's redacted which is really mysterious and you know uh, tony zuko abandoned her when she was eight and she's basically been raised by sal maroney and the maroney family in bloodhaven but wait maybe that's not the case because she unmasked dick and she has something to say yeah she says that she's dick grayson's brother uh sister yes yeah, so, yeah she's a, yeah she's his brother yeah it's yeah a really his brother yeah it's a really yeah, she didn't see that coming no, you didn't. They're really blowing the fucking doors off this one, aren't they? <laughs> Going in some bold new directions. Uh, but yeah, she says that John Grayson was her father and that you are my half-brother, Dick Grayson. Yeah. Which begs a million questions. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Did Tony Zuko kill the flying Graysons because John Grayson was fucking his wife? <laughs> Is Probably. that what they're implying here? Probably. Holy shit. Didn't yeah. see that coming. Yeah. Of course... Then again, it's also just as likely maybe the Maronis lied to her and this has all been part of some big long game to get back at Dick and get back at Nightwing. Yeah. Well, I also, I, I thought when reading this, because like one of the big running plot points is that Dick just came into a shitload of money. Yes. And it's like, is this a, like a big ploy to get into the, in on, on his like, uh, uh, his fortune? Absolutely. Because, yeah, she apparently had, like, a record at the FBI, so is she, like, some sort of white-collar criminal stealing people's fortunes and everything? Yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting. Now would also be a fun time, too, to actually bring back Sony Zuko. Now that we know Mm -hmm. Tony Zuko had, like, no hand in raising this woman, it would be funny for Taylor to be like, no, 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 I didn't forget. I didn't forget Zuko had another daughter. That that could actually be cool, and it would be a good way to, like, also maybe turn Melinda into sort of a hero. Yes, because uh, like as well like she's she i mean she she's not really evil per se at the moment she um, looks to be trying to play both sides of yeah things. yeah yeah like playing a blockbuster and everything against uh everyone else and whatnot and yeah i i could see it like maybe using that as like oh this will be her villain for the book right also having you know a friend in politics would be a good way for dick to try and you know right the wrongs of bloodhaven because exactly. he even said to Tim and Oracle is like, well, fuck, if the mayor is this dirty, then, you know, my job of cleaning up the city just got much harder because it's mm-hmm. corrupt from the top down, not just the bottom up. Yep. Which, yeah, it would be interesting if he had a friend and they had to unite to fight Blockbuster and the mob and everything. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of fun places they could go with it. Yeah, also, people were quick to say, too, ah, yes, another secret sibling plot line and so close to Spider-Man and Teresa. <laughs> What are the odds of that? I'm like, well, that's just comic books in a nutshell. Everyone's discovering secret siblings they didn't know they had. Yeah, yeah. Happen, happened in fucking Superman and Lois this week as well. Oh, did, did that happen this week too? I haven't watched it. Yeah, uh, the Morgan Edge character is revealed to be a Kryptonian who's uh, who's uh, Superman's half-brother. I, I did watch that. Uh, what was it? Uh, Tau something or Tau-ro. other? Tau-ro. Tau-ro, which is not from the comics because I think I wouldn't no. get it no also also thank you uh pat senior for hosting always appreciate it yeah i didn't see the crotonian twist coming in that i'm like okay i guess if we're it's gonna cool. have another it is i'm like i guess if you're gonna have another evil kryptonian i'm glad you didn't like use zod again mm-hmm. 
I'm glad you know there's other evil Kryptonians. <laughs> Though I will admit I had my fingers crossed. I'm like, come on, Jaxer. He's Jaxer. Come on, he's Jaxer. <laughs> ah, he's not Jaxer. <laughs> Did some fun stuff with his mom, too, in that uh, episode, too, didn't they? Yeah. Which uh, they basically kind of did the Superwoman from the comics there. I was going to say they probably they're probably actually going there. Yeah, which man, holy shit, won't that be interesting? Lana's going to have powers now. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Supergirl, didn't we see like a new Supergirl costume? What was that from? I only just saw uh, when we hopped on. That was from the Flash, the Flash movie. Oh, right, because there's going to be a new Supergirl. Yeah, that that was from the Flash movie, and it, it looks alright. Yeah, it's a, it's not Kara. It's another Supergirl. I'm. Oh, well, people are theorizing it's like Sir L or uh, uh, Superman's daughter because it's a, it's a oh, Superman. Wow. It's a Supergirl from a different universe. Wow, Sir L. It has been forever since I've thought of her. She was the daughter of Clark and Lois. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The like short hair. I had the black costume with the big red S. Yeah, from like from like another universe, and she'd like pop in occasionally. Yep. Yep wow man that is going way the fuck back now she is the forgotten supergirl <laughs> wow no one has mentioned her in forever and yet that might be the one they do the movie about holy shit yeah <laughs> that's crazy oh huh so uh yeah is that everything from this week matt is that everything covered i feel like it is uh i had two more books okay go go quick with them then or else uh, i had iron man this week Oh, right, Christopher Cantwell. It's been a while since you talked about it. Yeah, Iron Man issue 9. It also had the... <laughs> we didn't talk about it the, the other week, but it also had the annual out, and I'm like, oh, cool, an annual. I picked it up. It's fucking Infinite Destinies. Remember Infinite Destinies? Yes, I did. I saw because Captain America yeah, was yeah. also an annual this week. I'm like, oh, is this Ta-Nehisi Coates? No, it's Destinies. No, bad. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. They just, like, just dumped that in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> no promotion, no nothing. No, Infinite yeah. Destinies is now everybody yeah uh but issue nine of iron man was so fucking good uh, it didn't actually feature iron man at all it, oh, really? it did but in a flashback for, for one page uh this whole issue was about uh michael korvac and he turns up on a planet and he digs up a hole and in that hole is jim hammond <laughs> oh shit the original human torch yeah uh he he decided he was sick of everyone's shit and decided after that last invaders run that uh, he's just going to go off into the universe and dig a, dig himself a hole just to be left alone. Fair. Can't judge him. Good idea. Um, and we learned that Korvac dug him up because uh, uh, Jim was technically, when he was made by Phineas Horton, he was technically called Adam One. Yes. And uh, when Korvac was made in this new uh, uh, robotic body, android body, he's Adam Four. So he's technically Jim Hammond's brother interesting and he wants uh jim to join him in his quest to like bring peace and prosperity to the universe through making everything look the same and like sort of controlling it with the power cosmic and to do that he offers jim a new body he wants to rebuild his body because his body at the moment uh is like a shitty like iron man one that tony made and that's that's right. like why as well he's gone to jim as well because he's like oh tony made you look like this and he's arrogant and he's kind of a dickhead i want to <laughs> help you like realize your full potential and everything and uh through uh building the body korvac wants to also show jim what he has planned for the universe and what he plans to do 
and everything mm. and he hopes that like in showing him uh from his own mind by linking the two minds together that jim will help him and we see like that uh the original like Korvac saga stuff where he he uh had the power cosmic and he like killed the avengers but then brought them yeah, back and yeah. killed himself and everything and um because jim didn't know any of that happened he thinks the avengers are actually dead <laughs> uh so he's like really angry and everything and like plans on stopping uh michael but thanks to the controller being part of michael's uh squad they actually installed contingencies so with a flick of a switch they can turn jim hammond into a uh just like a remote control weapon for them oh, but shit. but it's really cool because at the end because like and like but um uh michael was like really upset with that because he says at the end it's like i didn't want a weapon i wanted a brother i wanted someone to uh that i could do this with so i don't have to do it with alone but i guess i'll just settle for a slave (laughs) all i can think too is we now have to add michael korvac to the ever-growing family tree of original human torch vision and yeah also vision yeah people forget the original vision body was also based on that and ultron and pym and everyone else there yeah great now we gotta add that one to the board (laughs) someone get on that everyone someone add that to the board yeah but yeah it was a really good issue i like that it was just like uh like a stop in the story just so to like tell this great michael korvac jim hammond story yeah i mean shit anything with the original human torch on it gets my steal of approval i'm gonna have to check that out before i start reading uh united states of captain america which uh campbell is also doing yeah absolutely he's kind of their superstar right now for uh what is it all the all the major avenger tent poles yeah is he gonna take over thor next and then hulk yeah really really. he's just gonna write them all it's gonna be the cantwell uh comic universe uh edgies how come no one's pitched cantwell for spider-man seems like he's writing everything else yeah why not yeah why not (laughs) apparently they're loving him there at marvel (laughs) uh what was the last one you had i if i had to guess i'd say it's something star wars uh i did do Star Wars, but i actually want to talk about uh squadron savage uh the heroes reborn time uh yeah uh this is just suicide squad nice uh this is a uh suicide squad set up by electra uh who who goes and gets uh punisher uh who still has his kids and everything except in this universe he was like he's he's basically floyd lawton um, right he also got name dropped uh what is it in the main heroes were born this week yeah yeah um yeah he um he's still got his kids and family and everything and he he reluctantly comes back to help electra because their their mission is to take down a threat that looks like it wants to try and rewrite their reality um and she she assembles a squad with like a murder hornet and crossbones who gets like a cool like iron man armor i uh, love the designs on this one and uh cloak uh who wants revenge against the redeemers who they're fighting uh because they killed tandy of course and uh yeah they end up go- going into like uh was it the people's republic of chernia basically like like marvel russia um, right uh, into this facility and they end up fighting the redeemers and we learned that tandy didn't actually die she joined the redeemers because oh. uh, as we find out all of the team have been fucked over by uh <laughs> behavioral modification because instead of bombs in the head they get their memories wiped and, and oh, like shit. changed and everything so like frank still thinks he has a family when he doesn't his, oh, fa- no. his family died in a in a skirmish between the squadron supreme and uh the uh circus of crime 
Right, and they mentioned that in the yeah. main Heroes Reborn book, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, all the team have been like fucked over throughout the whole book. Like most of the team dies. Cross like when once uh, Punisher remembers who he is, he ends up killing Crossbones because they're in this universe are like arch nemesis, and he just like shoots him in the head, and he uh, he ends up getting stabbed and like taken down, and all the redeemers end up dying except for foxfire or anything we learned who their target was and their target was kang the conqueror oh shit that seems important yeah kang the conqueror who'd come into the because he knows something's fucked up with the heroes reborn universe and he wants to set it back to to what it was uh so she's technically not the villain he's the good guy and um they end up uh killing him in a really great way because um to kill him they needed a special bullet that could like pierce like through anything including adamantium and uh electra right. went to alexander lucan to get the bullet oh, uh, and she also picked something up else on the way and that something else was winter soldier uh which hey. which uh, she kept hidden in cloak's cloak in his uh dark dimension oh. uh so kang kang's like ah, i know all your moves i know all five of you will do this this and this and and she's like aha but i have a sixth and he like pulls him out of the cloak and like shoots Kang in the head. <laughs> uh, but then he also he he ends up getting killed as well. Um, and yeah, the, their mission finishes, and we learn that the Secretary of Defense uh, Wilson Fisk, uh, <laughs> he, he's like the one behind the team. He's like the Amanda Waller sort of oh, of the fine. team. Um, uh, Electra figures out that like they have like their minds wiped at the end of every mission, and um, she's like, oh, I don't fucking like this. It's like, but there's nothing she can do because it's already happened um so yeah they end up having to like go off on another mission and now they've recruited even more people from the redeemers that didn't (laughs) die they they get their mind wiped and then put on the team to fill in the gaps and everything oh shit yeah it's it's cool it's a cool um uh like uh change up of like the suicide squad sort of stories yeah yeah Sounds yeah. interesting. And it, I, I, I reckon it's even more like fucked up as well. Cause instead of like, like bombs in the head, you can like get out and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like these people are like fucking with their minds and like making Frank Castle see his like dead kids and everything. And you know what that sounds like? That sounds like what Kovic did uh, to the secret Avengers back when yeah. Nick Spencer actually started doing that. I wonder if that was a reference. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Well, that sounds fun. Is that everything then for this week? Finally, that's everything. All right, so thank you so much, everyone, for coming and joining us. This was a lot of fun, as always. Uh, we got to cover a lot of books this week, got to cover a lot of news, and I think have a lot of fun, too, along the way, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as always, uh, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this episode first before anyone else in both audio and video format to become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, $5 for the video feed. Uh, thank you for joining us on YouTube and Twitch. Thank you, uh, Captain Kun, for our donation for tonight. That's always much appreciated. We'll be yes. sure to put that right back into the machine. Yes. You got our uh, promo code there, uh, Cape Joel, for uh, 10% off your next purchase of delicious Wild Bill Craft Soda. You can do that. I actually put in to try and get some Magic Spoon, actually, because it seems like all the podcasts <laughs> I listen to are sponsored by fucking Magic Spoon. Yeah, and they're making that cereal sound delicious, Matt. I want some cereal. <laughs> This is how I run my business, everyone. I don't know what's actually good for me. I just hear what other shows are doing and want it. <laughs> Same reason why I almost got that chewable Viagra as well for us. Oh, you should have gotten that. One one day, Matt, we're going to get the Blue Chew. We are going to be the <laughs> Blue Chew comic book show. <laughs> I was talking to Sal about that, and he's like, chewable Viagra. 
is aren't all pills technically chewable it's like yeah if you're brave enough <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go for it you can go for it uh so thank you everyone and we'll be back again next week same time and uh yeah see you then see ya